Hi everyone, welcome back to this month's episode of We Are PR. I'm Zach and I'll be your host this episode as I chat with Charlotte Wright and Hannah Carlisle about the travel industry across the UK for the last 14 months. We're going to talk through what it's been like working as a travel PR during the pandemic, how our relationship with journalists have changed, how we've still managed to secure great coverage, the creative campaigns that we think have been really interesting and effective, and where we kind of see the travel industry going next and, and what it looks like for the period in the short term after we end lockdown. Without further ado, meet Charlotte and Hannah. Hi everyone, my name is Charlotte Wright and I am a account manager at Rooster PR. I've been with Rooster for coming up three years now and I am part of the travel and consumer teams and part of my role over the last 12 months has been navigating this crazy new travel space that we're in Um, and while it's been challenging it has also been incredibly rewarding. Hi, my name's Hannah Carlisle, and I'm also working at Rooster PR as a senior account executive. Um, I've been at Rooster for also coming up to three years now. Um, and while I've been working at Rooster over the past year, I've been helping various travel clients with really different briefs. Um, so from crisis comms to destination making, which has been yeah really enjoyable, but also quite a challenge at times. But I feel like over the past year, the team has grown and clients have grown kind of exponentially a lot more than we thought so while it has been a challenge it's also been a really amazing time for growth so yeah I'm really excited to talk through it. Thank you both for joining me really appreciate your time as always. We'll kick off with it probably speaks for itself a little bit I think anyone who's um, been paying any attention whatsoever the last 12-14 months will have kind of an idea but how has the travel landscape sort of changed over the last year? I think for the first time I mean at least in my lifetime the world came to a complete halt in in March 2020 and we essentially I don't think we've we've been we haven't been the same since and I don't think we're going to be the same for a long time I mean the freedom of movement that everyone had and the ability to travel was you know fantastic and now that is no longer possible so moving that huge industry into a completely different space has brought you know so many challenges and yeah it's completely not the same yeah I'd say from my side, it's just so much faster. The turnaround from journalists, the way stories are changing. I feel like we have to be so much more flexible now than we've ever had to be, which is at once a massive challenge in terms of trying to be creative, trying to be nimble and just super across all of the news. But it's also a really great opportunity to test yourself, come up with new ideas. I feel like some of the ideas that you've come up with over the past year have been, you know, the most exciting um, time in Rooster. But definitely just trying to keep up with everything and try and keep across everything and maintain your expertise across all of your clients. I feel like that has been a real learning point, just always making sure you're across the the latest news, which can change twice a day. I think the media itself has been so much more important in helping people navigate the challenges that have come from this pandemic. More so than ever, I think people have gone to news sites to see what the latest updates are. So essentially, because we are working in PR on behalf of destinations and travel companies, you know, we need to be ahead of that. So, yeah, I guess to sort of reiterate what Hannah was saying, making sure that we're completely on top of everything at all times, which isn't an easy feat, but it really makes the difference between you know, our clients and making sure we're getting the right message out to consumers. Yeah, absolutely. And and how have you managed to keep kind of generating that positive coverage and, and optimistic brand stories and, and continuing to promote sort of destination awareness at a time when we can't even like leave the front room? I think first and foremost, working as a team has been super helpful. So, you know, in a time like this where, you know, we're, we're working from home, um, you know, creativity might 
you might think it would be a challenge, but actually more so than ever now we're doing team brainstorms, we're having regular client meetings and we're just throwing ideas around. I mean, we're in a time that we had never expected. And so we, we're coming up with new ideas that people might not have done before. And I think just being completely open to new ideas has been really important. Yeah, and I completely agree with Charlotte on that. I think collaboration now more than ever and going the extra mile to make sure you're still getting that creativity and, and team approach to make sure you've got diverse ideas constantly. I think that's been a massive help. And I also think maintaining a flexible approach to your clients. So ideas and approaches that would have worked, you know, for years before COVID, all of a sudden don't work anymore. That's not the approach that's going to get you coverage. And I think being open enough to change tack and try something different and also take inspiration from from other clients you know I've had clients doing news jacking and kind of because they're big names um, that the journalists rely on getting coverage from that but that doesn't mean that a smaller client that has a great story to say shouldn't get the same coverage so I think sort of sharing ideas across clients sharing different tactics and strategies has also been a really great um method to continue to get great coverage and I think also at this time data stories have been really strong as well so we've been consistently pushing our clients to provide us with data because the changes across the last 18 months you know the media has been watching very very closely and so that's another technique that we've been using quite often to get that cut through providing really strong data for our clients to get them their their brand mentioned in there And I found that even news stories for some of my clients, you would have thought that over the past year, you know, we can't travel, we can't go abroad. So finding out what's new in the destination, maybe you would have thought that wouldn't be of interest. But I found the opposite. I think for some clients, people still want to know what they can expect and what they can get excited for. Um, So if it is something really new that's going on in a destination, even if it is on an amber list and a red list, it's and, and this obviously goes before we even had those red lists as well. You know, throughout the pandemic, I feel like if you're brave enough and you're you're confident enough in an idea just to continue pitching and journalists I feel like have relied on us more than ever to have that confidence and to have that self-assurance to go to them with a story and say actually I know this is of interest for readers I know that people are excited to travel find new places to go um so yeah I think not being scared to still go out with the news content yeah and I think there's been you know, there's been so much negative news or deflating news about, you know, travel not being possible for so long that, you know, we've actually had quite good success in looking at some softer, lighter news stories. You know, while people might not still be able to, you know, use a, tr- a travel service or travel to a specific destination, what what nice news stories are coming out of that place that can maybe, I don't know, uplift the news agenda a little bit and provide people with, with that hope? Because, travel will bounce back and it will come back and we want people to be, you know, positive and excited for that comeback. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of kind of the comeback with the green lists and amber lists and red lists, how has it been from a kind of a client liaison perspective, just kind of navigating um, such uncertainty, even when you've got confidence in sort of the stories that will land, but how has it been kind of managing client confidence sort of on the ground in places where the borders are closed? It hasn't been an easy feat, but we've needed to read up as much as possible, you know, tune into all of the government press conferences and completely immerse ourselves in the ever-changing situation so that we can advise our clients appropriately. I mean, we um, we set up the uh, travel market update and I think it was March 2020 and that still continues to this day so that we're on a weekly basis providing all of our clients with 
an update on what countries are on what list and what the rules are and what the latest travel news is, as well as obviously specific updates for clients who have a particular interest in all of that. But I think as well, being sort of flexible, as Hannah said earlier, about what we're doing and, and, and what our PR plan is. I mean, something that we've done consistently is is kind of have a backup plan every time. You know, if we're producing a statement on, you know, a, a government press conference that, you know, we expect this to happen, but this might happen, you know, we'll have, you know, maybe two or three statements ready to go, depending on what we expect the outcome might be so that we can just go straight away to the press with the appropriate comment. I think just having backup plans has been really key at this time because, the uncertainty is is huge. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more with that. I think having a backup plan and then even sometimes, um, and this isn't to be pessimistic, but to just almost preempt that things aren't going to go to plan. Um, you can do all the research in the world. You can have six news tabs open all week and the news that you've been told from all sides is going to happen doesn't happen. And I know that definitely took the travel industry as a whole by surprise um, when we had our last travel update on the green list. And yeah, I think journalists and PRs on both sides all have to kind of scramble to get their to state, you know, their statements up to date. And I think being unflappable and being that professional voice and, and calming the client and being like, you know what, it's absolutely fine. We can just tweak this or we've, you know, been doing statements for the past year and being that voice of reason and confidence and yeah, unflappability, I think it's been hugely calming for clients in a time where they don't really have much stability. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, if a client is, for example, if a, if a client in, or a destination is on the amber list or the red list and Brits can't travel right now, it's about making sure that they're still getting the share of voice that they deserve and they're still top of mind among consumers. So that's where we need to be creative and come up with new solutions as to how we're going to get them in the press. If we can't say X destinations on the green list, you can go now, these are all the beautiful you know things you can do and whatnot. We, we, we take a step back and we think, how, how can we still get coverage for this client despite people not being able to travel there? Are we doing new creative campaigns? Are we coming up with new initiatives? Are we tapping into other hooks and trends where we can, you know, access consumers via a different way? For example, with Nevis Tourism Authority, you know, we did some amazing work around their world, around World Meditation Day. They'd recently launched their wellness program. So as part of that, they created a really beautiful 10-minute meditation soundtrack that they have then offered to consumers completely free of charge for them to use in their meditations. So essentially, the consumer is in connecting with the island in a new way. So that's kind of a way that we've made sure that our clients still in the news agenda in a slightly different way than what they're used to. But because Brits can't travel there at the moment, they're connecting with the island in some way from afar. So I think that's been really key, making sure that we're always consistently coming up with new ideas for all of our clients. Just on that as well, um, and keeping up with the news agenda, I feel like now is a really, really great opportunity to be the expert. I know that we have clients in the past that have come to us and their brief has been, oh, we want to be seen as the travel experts in, in this niche. We want to be seen as all-knowing and sustainable travel or in this particular region. Now is the time to do that. I think journalists obviously are completely across everything that's going on, but in this sort of time of uncertainty, they're looking for those voices of reason. So if you have something to say, and if you're confident in it, even if even if it doesn't come to pass, but you have the stats behind you to prove it, or you have a strong voice or a strong opinion, I think now more than ever, 
journalists are looking for those strong voices. So you might not be the biggest client. And that's going back to something I said earlier. I've had clients that might not be well known in the market already, but they've had fantastic coverage in nationals. We've had, you know, Spain Holiday, who I think at the time was the third largest holiday rental site in Spain, but Airbnb and Booking.com dominated the news agenda. When we did our news tracking, they were everywhere because they were brave enough to come out with their stats. And we had in every national in front page of the mail online. And that might not have happened a year ago, but if you are confident and consistent with your comms and journalists get to know you and get begin to trust you, I think now is an amazing opportunity to forge those relationships. Yeah. And how has that worked with the way that you liaise with journalists? Now they're sort of back a little bit, I guess, but you know, there were no coffee meetings. Everyone was working from home. Desk drops were distributed to personal addresses and things like that. And it all got a bit strange. And as kind of travel teams in particular also sort of streamlined the way that they worked and everything just was upended. How's it been working with journalists in the space who are as uncertain as you are? I think that fostering the relationships that were developed pre-pandemic have been vital in our successes over the last 18 months. You know, as you said, you know, we all of our team members at Rooster regularly meet with journalists across all different sectors, um, pitching our clients, finding out what features they're working on. And of course, we haven't really had that opportunity during the pandemic. And I, I can tell you that we're all very excited to be getting back to that over the next few months. So I think that having those really strong established relationships has been really useful. But also when things change, you know, when team members have been furloughed or travel pages have been dropped from magazines or newspapers, that's that's sort of been a challenge that we've just had to work on day by day. And we've had to establish new relationships. I think we're, you know, we're always tapping into expert panel discussions that feature national journalists all the time. We're always on Twitter. We're always using our media partner, Vulio, to make sure that we're fully up to date with who's working where. And just keeping on top of the news agenda generally and sharing articles amongst the team you know oh this new journalist has been writing about so and so and we make sure that all of the team are aware of that so that we're pitching to the right people at the right time yeah I think also just to add to that seminars and online webinars have been such a fantastic tool for us to be across we've always worked really closely with journalists and known what they're interested in what they're writing about where they're traveling to but because that's changed so much it's really hard at the moment to preempt what they're going to be writing about so I feel like attending these seminars and hearing from them firsthand and then just being able to pick their brains afterwards that was a fantastic opportunity and I managed to get a few pieces of coverage just off the back of those seminars and I think also if you have started working in PR for the first time those are the ways to kind of just familiarize yourself with the top journalists. Yeah definitely and I think also journalists have been even more reliant over the last sort of 12 to 18 months on PRs than they ever have before because you know, we are that go-between often between a destination and them and, and, and sharing that vital information about, you know, restrictions or travel updates and things like that. So I feel like a lot of our relationships, especially with the travel press, have really strengthened, which has put us in good stead, I think, for, you know, the next, the next step in the future. And I think also being understanding and cooperative with journalists, you know, if they're not writing about something at the time, you know, talking and discussing what angles they're interested in and offering different solutions sort of rather than giving up. I mean, I feel like it's definitely a a two-way relationship between journalists and PRs and we all want sort of a a similar thing in the end. So yeah, just really fostering that has been key and, and I'm looking forward to seeing how that work that we've done will relay in the next sort of 12 months. Yeah, I think now more than ever, with a lot of travel clients having gone on pause or not done any PR activity over the past year, it has been a slightly quieter space and the companies that have maintained their PR have 
almost been in more frequent contact with journalists. So actually, it's in a really difficult situation. We have had some positives in that frequent comms, consistent comms, and being a trustworthy voice, like I mentioned before, has allowed some clients to grow more than they would have ever expected to, just because journalists are seeing them more than ever. And having that name pop up frequently while other clients might have been a little bit quieter, that's been a really good way to maintain relationships with journalists is just consistently putting things in their inbox, making sure it's valuable. Of course, you don't want to send them things that they're, that they're not going to use. That's not going to be any help to anybody. But as soon as they get, it's, it's the same as ever in some ways, as, as long as journalists know your name, know your clients and know that when they receive an email from you, it's going to be a value in a way that that's never going to change. And that's the heart of PR. So although pretty much everything in travel PR has, has massively altered, that, that will never change. It's good to know that consistency and the, and the creativity and, and still the capacity to punch through, uh, they remain fundamentals, sort of those core practices that will continue to, to be what generates coverage for clients. And our clients aside, obviously, we're very proud of the work that we do here at Brewster, and so far the results really speak for themselves. Have there been any standout travel campaigns that you've spotted sort of over the last 14 months that have really generated positive brand awareness again for like destinations that sort of people can't go to yet a couple spring to mind so recently the Maldives have launched their 3v campaign which stands for visit vaccinate and vacation and essentially what this is is they are you know inviting tourists to come and get vaccinated um, in the Maldives ready for their vacation so that's got quite a lot of press traction so far and that has I think has put them in good stead for a return for travel particularly with British um, travellers who absolutely adore the Maldives. The Faroe Islands remote controlled tourism campaign was really epic, I think, in early 2020. I think they were very quick to jump on the fact that, okay, travel might not be possible now. People want to travel virtually or how can we show off our destination virtually? And, you know, I think they came out with that in sort of February, March 2020, which was, you know, brilliant and the first of its kind. And I think that that has done really well for them. And another one is also the Barbados 12-month welcome stamp sort of visa that they've launched, essentially allowing people to work from the beach or work on holiday, which has had major traction right across the world, I think, and, and continues to do so. And again, you know, these are some, some sort of creative ways that brands and PR agencies and destinations have sort of gone to the drawing board and thought, okay, what's the situation looking like now? How can we, you know, engage with people, attract people in a new way that, you know, we haven't done before? This is an unprecedented situation and it requires a new and exciting solution. So they're the three that I think come to mind as being particularly impactful. They were all great campaigns. I remember the Faroe Islands one when that one was in the news. I thought that was so creative. Um, and kind of like in that line, that Icelandic one, where this was in the peak of the pandemic, in the, in the first peak, people could get someone in Iceland, or I think they could connect to a place in Iceland and just scream into the void. And it was that kind of like, well, you can't come to Iceland in the middle of nowhere yourself. You might be stuck in your house, but sort of let your emotions run free. <laughs> um, I thought that one was quite creative. And I saw that on loads of different social medias as well. I think the way that they interacted with influencers for that campaign was so it was genius like everyone was on Instagram what else did we have to do and I think the use of influencer marketing in that was just such a great idea but then this I guess this isn't a campaign as such but just the the comms that Jet2 have been doing I feel like they've been everywhere I mean obviously because they're they're an airline so they do have that kind of yeah they do have that stance as an expert anyway but I think they've just always hit the right tone they've always been at the defense of the industry and had something to say had something of value to give to journalists, whether that's something, even when it's been maybe a negative opinion, I think 
being brave enough to say it and to stand up for for what they believe in, I think has been a fantastic asset to the rest of the industry. And to put pressure on the government when it's kind of a difficult time to do so. I've been keeping up with all of the statements they've been putting across the media and I feel like they've always really hit the right mark. Ryanair, who are generally quite punchy in what they say, they've taken a lot of risks over the last 12 months in what they've been saying in their consumer comms. But, you know, it's got them it's got them a lot of coverage and a lot of traction, a lot of brand awareness. And so you could argue, you know, the, the, the proper impact of that. But I, I have seen them a lot, which I think has been good for them. Yeah, I agree. I think especially they've done quite well, I think, with refunds in comparison to maybe some other, other brands. So I think having that almost customer confidence that has stood them in good stead but yeah just seeing them everywhere I feel like they're constantly in the news so again it's not a great time and I appreciate that obviously they have had negative things to say about their turnover and things like that but it's not put them off from continuing to have messages to say to their customers and I think then when travel does bounce back I can imagine Ryanair are going to do amazingly out of it yeah and on travel bouncing back what what do you guys think the next six to 12 months does look like does it kind of start with a heavy domestic skew and then I think it's probably fair to say by next summer everyone will be flying as far away as they possibly can but maybe for the rest <laughs> of 2021 what, what do you think that the travel industry looks like for the UK it's a burning question <laughs> yeah I know I wish, I wish I could have a crystal ball and tell you exactly the answer to that day <laughs> I think It's not going to be a linear reopening where everything goes absolutely smoothly. I think there's going to be continued changes all over the world. We're going to continue to need to be on the mark when it comes to being updated about everything and advising our clients in that way. I think there's huge pent-up demand for Brits to travel. They love traveling as soon as they're able to go to places they're going to. I mean, we're seeing it already with Portugal and Spain. You know, people are booking up because they want to get away. I think beach holidays are going to be on the up for sure as people have been at home in the gloomy British weather for a long time I do hope that US travel will come back strong I think the vaccine program there has been really successful and I I hope that puts them in good stead to come up with a sort of a bilateral agreement even with with the UK where we see sort of a travel bubble open up between those countries but I think also on the PR side of things you know there's going to be a lot of competition from you know destinations airlines tour operators travel providers right across the space this for getting that PR coverage and getting that share a voice I think there's going to be a lot of creative campaigns new initiatives deals and offers and new creative ways to tap into the market because I think competition is going to be absolutely huge yeah I mean just to reiterate what Charlotte said I'm absolutely preparing for just an inundation of of PR from all sides I think everyone has things to say as soon as travel picks up I think there'll be a lot of maybe new companies that have come to fill in the gaps of the travel brands that have sadly fallen through during COVID I think yeah completely it's just not going to be linear if you'd have asked me a year ago what do you think would have happened in six months time I would have been like yeah but but for December absolutely go skiing and obviously that didn't happen so I'm um reluctant to kind of predict so far in advance I think or I hope at least that if the vaccinations prove to be effective against all of the variants that should be kind of the golden ticket for travel I agree I think family holidays and longer holidays as well are going to be a bit more of interest I think people when they go away will want to go away for a really long time and I also think that in the same way that as people have come out of lockdown some people haven't wanted to rush back into kind of mass socializing huge events I think slower travel is going to be a huge yeah huge trend and Going into the great outdoors as well, just big open spaces. I can see that being for families in particular who maybe have been cooped up indoors, who haven't been able to do like a lot of of outdoor activities. I think that's going to be a big trend. So interesting to see what's going to come out of it. I think some destinations that maybe have been overlooked for some time have an opportunity to reinvent themselves or to really push themselves out and say, actually, 
you've not been able to go and climb a mountain in, in a year and a half, like come to Switzerland instead of going on your holiday to the beach. But again, like Charlotte said, I feel like beach holidays for Brits, I mean, they're never going to go out of fashion, are they? So I think as well, as, as as eager as we are to all head overseas, I do think that the staycation market is still going to be huge because, you know, we're exploring our back door and, you know, it's a little bit closer to home and some people aren't quite ready to take that step to go overseas. I mean, there are still risks and challenges with going overseas, even if it's on a sort of a green list, because things can change you know, within the hour, within the day, you just never know. So some people don't want to take that risk as much. So they'll still be looking at UK holidays and staycations. And I think that market in the past year has developed significantly. And there's some brilliant products out there that are just right here in the UK. So yeah, there's going to be both overseas travel and staycations popular over the next 12 months. Just to add to that as well, the way that people book holidays, I think is going to change massively. Having the expertise of a travel agent, people might not have wanted to do in the past because it is like, it's really fun to go and book your own holiday and to choose your hotel and to choose your flights. But I think having the peace of mind that someone can put a package together with all the protection, all of the knowledge and can kind of preempt when it's going to change and save you the headache, I think will be massively popular, particularly for families when they've got sort of more money to lose and more people to take and different tests and they want to be sure that they're doing everything correctly. I think having that expertise and peace of mind that comes with a travel agent is gold dust. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you both for joining us today and chatting kind of all things travel. Obviously, there's a lot to kind of work out as we do uh, for properly and, and formally emerge. I think we speak for everyone in the UK when we say that we are very excited to get back out there and and go exploring and adventuring and, and, uh, and discovering and traveling again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, get me to a beach, please. <laughs> Some sun. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening to this month's episode of We Are PR. As always, you can find us on all good podcasting platforms. You can find out more about what we're up to day to day over at rooster.co.uk or across social at Rooster PR. Cheers. Cheers.